And so then I said, this is hilarious because I'm recording out of beta right now. (laughs) Rob's response is, dude, you kind of have to mention this. (laughs) 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 I said, will do. So so I had to start at the end because this is where I am. And how did I get here? Hello. Hey, Matt. Peter. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Just like one and a half hours ago when we spoke last time. That's right. That's right. But I've learned since then that you are, um, you're you're getting a little sick. Yeah. My, my voice is crusty. Um, but, uh, I just chewed a holes. So I hope it'll get me through this podcast. That good crusty radio voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, so uh, I just did the the SimSass thing. You did the I, sim- uh, yeah. I did my my baseline. I did my goal, and uh, I did my my growth plans, and I adjusted my goals. <laughs> yeah, to be more realistic. You went. You went. You ran the cycle. Yeah, man, and it felt really good. Um, thanks for helping me out on that. I um, I think we we learned some interesting things while doing it. I had some cool ideas, so maybe we should just like kind of talk about like how we did it. Yeah, that'd be and, cool. Uh, yeah. So basically, I was starting almost from scratch because um, there's almost no revenue, and the revenue that I have right now, most of it is basically gonna be irrelevant once i launched freemium um because it's going to be a different model anyways um so it was almost like starting from scratch um Mm -hmm. and then also my product is basically pre-launch um so like the lead numbers and stuff are basically they're not as like they're not, not reflecting a situation hopefully in a few weeks where people just go to the website and sign up instead it's like they have to request an invite and wait for me to like invite them and then hopefully they sign up after that. Right. Um, so based on some very low numbers, um, but the actual numbers, we actually created like the baseline forecast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were, you were a little skeptical cause you kind of thought it was like, it was too small. Like the numbers were too small. You actually thought there was something wrong cause it was so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Th- there's a lot of like uh, funny things that shouldn't have been surprises for me that were surprises. So, um, and, but in good ways, maybe I, I just have a very, I'm a little worried about things right now. So, um, you know, when things go really well, uh, I'm, I'm surprised, uh, in a, in a good way. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but then the whole idea now is that you can then basically when you have your goal, you can, you can, create adjustments to your baseline which is then basically just try to see if you if you hit your goal mm-hmm. right and then um that's kind of your growth plan for how to reach that goal if you make the right adjustments and you're happy with those uh, adjustments yeah so you kind of went through a process in your head of what adjustments could i make that are yeah. reasonable and, and you you came into this with some plans already um yeah, because we did my OKRs, um, what's that, like a month ago or something like that, three weeks ago. Um, 
So I had I had some some pretty specific numbers in my head already, mm-hmm. um, especially in terms of leads and like I have some pretty clear goals for this quarter uh, in terms of how many people need to come visit the website and then sign up um, based on that and then the conversion rates as well. Mm-hmm. So actually, it was once we translated basically my OKR lingo into SimSAS lingo. Yep. Um, it was pretty easy just to kind of put the numbers in there. I guess for some people, if they haven't done a lot of goal setting, they probably have to spend more time coming up with at least like some sort of number. Um, yeah. Yeah. If they don't have that, those numbers already. Yep. Yeah. And, and the context for this too is that there was the, and there remains the uh, high level, we'll call it revenue goal. Um, imposed yeah. by the the cohort uh, leadership, <laughs> Dynasty. Um, <laughs> tribe which, leaders. Yeah, which I think almost everybody has in the back of their mind, if not the front of their mind, of, hey, I want to be somewhere one day, whether it's a million dollars a year in revenue, $100,000 a year in revenue. There's these big milestones that we celebrate in SaaS, especially, that I think people kind of have their eyes set on the next one. And you, you came in with that. And I don't think actually when we did the OKRs exercise together, uh, you know, a week or two ago, we weren't really thinking too much about that, were we? It was kind of. No, because it's sort yeah. of, it's their expectation. But for us, it's kind of like, it. Th- we talked about this and it's almost like for Tiny Seed, the, the Tiny Seed year makes a lot of sense for them. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like an at a like you know a timeline that makes sense for them to like plan after basically, um, but like for us that's sort of like you know the day that Tiny Seed stops is sort of like an arbitrary date. Like we're still running our businesses. Yeah, and I think for me like the main focus of Tiny Seed is basically finding out a model that works um, and kind of get all those engines started. Yeah. Um, so I'm not. You mean we all want to make Rob Walling proud, <laughs> but um, it's more important for me um, that I find out the right model yep. um, than that what the specific number is. So yeah. basically what we did when we planned out the OKRs was that you basically asked me like, how, how, what would you feel good about by the end of this quarter? Um, for So basically around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. When you think back, like what would you have liked to have achieved, and like what what would make you feel really good about this quarter? Um, and mm-hmm. that's kind of how we started it. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've looked back, like every week when I do my weekly plans, I look back um, at the overall like Q4 plan. It's really nice um, to kind of like think through it and basically feel like you're you're eating into it, kind of. Yeah, that so it's and you made a really interesting point as we were going through the exercise this morning in the product, which was if you were to somehow hit your goal, but do it in a way that wasn't because you made these changes, these specific changes to your business, you actually wouldn't feel very good, right? No, I mean, it would of course be nice. Like the, the specific thing we talked about was, um, that yesterday someone reached out to me from a university that had a very large <laughs> uh, volume of side with one of my uh, hosting partners 
And like in theory, like if I do my job, my if I do my job right, closing them as a customer could be, you know, my financial goal for the quarter <laughs> being met. Um, but it's not a scalable model. It's not. It doesn't prove that like by getting more signups and getting more people to the homepage and like getting them through the freemium funnel um, that I have something scalable that I can keep doing. It's just, I mean, financially, I would meet my goal, but not really. <laughs> so I, w- I would put, so I will adjust that slightly um, and say it might be scalable. But that's not it the could kind be. of business that you're trying to build. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it could be scalable. It could be um, scalable. I mean, that's a sales, that basically that's a sales model of I'm going to hire a sales team and that's how we're going to build this business. Yeah, yeah. I still think you want to, but given that you want to do freemium and you want to have self-service, that is not, that actually wouldn't be. So back to your point, um, but it could be scalable. It's just not, that's not the kind of scale you want right now. No, I mean, if they came through the freemium funnel, in theory, it could prove that it, it could be a part of that model as well. Um, true, true. In, it, it is, it would be, in theory, it would be fine to have some sort of like sales uh, process after like a certain amount of time that someone tried it out or, you know, like an evangelist or something at a university or agency or something like that tried it out for himself. But it's just like the volume, like one, if one person does that, it doesn't really prove prove anything i think correct yeah and um, i think that was that was the the yeah. gem of the point was yeah. you know, ha- having one thing happen once is not where you're at right now for branch as a business no it would be proof. wrong to basically project just based on a single event <laughs> yeah and and actually quick side note having gone down the enterprise sales route before i think that's one thing that's so uh, difficult about the going up market uh, that many startups do is that if you do that, you know, if you do that too early, you you really have just a small number problem of you just don't know if you just can't. It's just hard to say anything. You cannot um, extrapolate from there, right? Because you've got yeah. one or two deals. But uh, but back to the point, you, you you're able to run this through. You came in with that goal, but then you said you revised your goal, and we talked a little bit about what that looks like in the product. Yeah, because like the way the way basically we so because we use the OKRs as kind of like um, the numbers uh, for the for the models in SimSAS, it's it was very much focused on the on the coming quarter, uh, so Q four, mm-hmm. um, and so the the tiny seed goal, the big over like the goal for the whole year is six months out. So that's basically by the end of April. So that's like six, seven months out or something like that. And it's, it's, it, it, we didn't really take that into account and it, we couldn't really, basically what we realized is if I do this thing for the next quarter that I plan to do, that's not what I'm going to do in Q1 again. Like I'm not just going to do the same thing for another quarter. Right. Um, so basically, we couldn't just continue that forecast. <laughs> um, so yeah. we decided it would be better to have a short-term goal just for the next quarter because mm-hmm. um, it would be more like relevant to the actual data that we put into the tool. Yeah, you've, your business is too new and so is mine to yeah. really try to put a forecast on a forecast. It's 
better to say, I'm going to execute for the next 90 days in this way. And I know some people even do this, you know, hey, 30 days. Um, I, I like the 90 day approach. I think it gives you some breathing room to yeah. you know, meander around and uh, <laughs> things are just not that predictable. But um, back to the point, I think what you're saying is the world's going to change after you uh, execute for 90 days. And then you're going to pick up the cycle again and you're going to reforecast. And I think that's actually really, that becomes a healthy habit then. And what's going to happen is if you're successful this quarter, um, when you redo it with your new, hey, here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm going to work on in Q1 of next year, your long-term forecast is actually going to improve. Yeah. Which, which is a wonderful direction for a long-term forecast to go. I mean, compare that to, (laughs) compare that to 95% of all, uh, startup forecasts, the fact that yeah. your long-term forecast is going up, not being adjusted <laughs> down is literally, it's, it's the opposite, right? Of what, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how great is it as an investor to see the long-term <laughs> forecast, the prognosis getting better? <laughs> it's, uh, that's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So basically one, like basically the, this concrete thing that I'm going to do this quarter is I'm going to five X the number of people that is currently signing up every month. And I, thinking about it now where i'm at already like coming into the quarter it might not be ambitious enough um so i might actually go ahead and tweak that um but basically so this the three month uh forecast is based on that um but then like after this quarter when i set the goals for q1 next year it's likely that i want to you know 5x or 10x that number again because the numbers are still pretty small so like working really hard and coming up with ways to get more traction should like seriously improve those numbers they're not supposed to grow linearly <laughs> right now right right um, yeah no, they, they won't i mean you're gonna you're going from one to ten on yeah yeah, yeah so 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 basically for me the forecast right now is like okay this quarter i want to make this jump and then like when we do the next one is going to be a way bigger jump <laughs> mm-hmm. um but that's really hard to model until you get i mean you want to prove some somehow that the first thing worked <laughs> that's right yeah you're 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 putting uncertainty on uncertainty yeah. otherwise even though we talked about it would be nice to basically stack these <laughs> yeah forecast. yeah which i think you know for teams that are doing one year plans and and at my last business we were looking we, we had one year view of what our revenue goals were that actually would be really helpful in other words here's a here's the changes we're going to make to our business in Q1. Here's the changes we expect to make in Q2. Maybe you don't go all the way through four quarters worth, but you could effectively start to implement changes on the timeline in the future and see if that gets you where you want to go, you know, a yeah. year from now, because especially when you go, if, if you do raise money again um, and it's kind of post tiny seed, you typically are trying to tell your new investors where you're going to be in 12 to 18 months. Yeah. And yeah. That actually becomes a really interesting exercise because then you go to them and say, you know, here's where I, if I take your money, here's here's my kind of growth campaign over the next year. So, yeah. So, man, when when I go into SimSAS right now, I have a really nice overview of what it what I need to do <laughs> in the coming awesome. quarter, together <laughs> with my notions page. Um, Hey, that's great company for SimSAS to be in. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll be worth eight hundred million one day too. But uh, but and, and uh, I will say it's gonna you know it'll update every day, so your progress bar will update daily, and um, 
as your your forecast will also update daily based on you know new MRR numbers, new um, you know other new metrics that come in through your uh, profit well connection. Yeah, I gotta get me some MRR then. <laughs> get busy. Yep. Um, cool. Man. Cool. Yeah. So thanks for uh, thanks for doing that with me. Um, you're, wel- you're welcome. I'm I'm doing that with uh, a number of founders uh, right about yeah. now. So everyone that's signing up for early access, that's eager to not just test the waters, but really build a, a growth plan. I am uh, I'm happy to do that with you. I've actually got at a call yesterday to do that. I have another call this afternoon to do that. I did that with you. I'm oh, working. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm actually going through this exercise we talked about with basically four or five founders right now. And uh, that's great. I'm lear- yeah, I'm learning a lot about the product. They're getting it. It's kind of clicking. And I have to say, yes, I'm finding a few bugs here and there. But overall, the reactions are like, this is actually fun. And I never <laughs> thought I never thought financial forecasting for. Man, I've become be such fun. a convert in the in the past two months or so. It's it's crazy. Mm. It, 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 yeah, it's all about how it happens. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Pro- products plug. have this way of doing it. Yeah, go ahead. Let's do one more plug. Let's plug the 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 screencast you released um, the other day. Oh, where can thanks. people find that? Because that's what got me really excited before our call. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll pin that to my SimSass Twitter uh, profile. Okay. So if you go to go to at SimSass underscore, you'll find it as the uh, top post there, and it's a it's a three minute. So if you have the tolerance for three whole minutes, you'll see me go through a exercise of saying, "I've got this company, I've got a goal," and and you'll basically see what what you and I went through on on our call this morning for for a, yeah. Hypothetical business. You know what you should do? You should do like a. You should gamify it a bit more and do like a cheer show and um, SAS game. Oh, how so? Sense. You mean you mean so like- it's like you remember those books when you were a kid? So like, uh, there's a monster. Like, do you want to walk left or right? Or yeah, oh, I love those. I've got a bunch of those on my shelf still. It's like, do you want to take this funding, or do you, or do you want to accept this like acquisition offer? Do you want to continue to? <laughs> whatever, try to close more sales or something like that. Yeah. I, so what I'm thinking is that on the growth plans page, it will actually say um, there'll be some growth recipes that are built in. Mm. So it'll basically say there's a there's a charge more, there's a, there's a customer success. And each of those recipes oh, I love makes, that actually. yeah, it basically makes a set of sensible changes. So charge more is, you know, hey, my price, raise my pricing by 20%, but also <laughs> know that my conversion rates are probably going to go down slightly, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and this and that. So those are recipes and you could basically, uh, as soon as you see that page, you can just click run and just run those recipes uh, one click. So suddenly you can answer that question in one click. And um, that's a very cool basis, idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's come up already. So, and there's no reason I can't, create those um for people so it'll just be a percentage thing so yeah that's the that's the plan nice cool man um i want to do some updates as well yeah let's do it um do you want to go first uh you go ahead okay if you don't mind i don't mind um i had some interesting calls this week um i so basically when I talked to Rob about freemium, he recommended that I tried to find someone on LinkedIn who 
was ideally a marketer who used to work at a CICD startup. Um, and the way he phrased it, I think, was basically ask them how it felt when they launched Freemium, um, which I liked the idea of that. Um, so I tried my best to like go through LinkedIn. I'm not a LinkedIn power user. Uh, I have started using it recently. Um, but I managed to find someone um, in Poland who um, who used to contract, I guess, as a marketer for uh, for one of the, the CICD um, companies out there. Um, and he was super nice. He First, he connected me to one of the co-founders. Um, and uh, then he also agreed to hop on a call with me. Um, and then the day after, I also had the, a call with, um, with the co-founder of the company. And he was also super nice. Um, so basically, these guys kind of like confirmed everything I thought about why they're doing freemium. Um, and it was almost like they thought it would, it was weird if you didn't have it. Um, cause it's like, you just want to basically have, you want to make the, the path to awesome, basically as short as possible. That's so right. just like click the GitHub button, run a build and you know, not too much more than that. Um, so yeah, it was nice to chat to them. I think it's a good, uh, it's good advice to do that in general. Like if you can find someone, I was surprised how easy it was to get someone on the phone. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. technically a competitor, even though he's not really a competitor. But I mean, mm. he could spend his time on a lot of different things. <laughs> but he chose to have a call with me. So yeah, they were super nice of him. That's um, great. I feel like going through like the the guy who worked there previously and then he kind of like introduced me. He maybe thought like I was more of a connection than I actually was. Um uh, so maybe that worked like going kind of like in from below. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um yeah. yeah, I love the time to, I love the time to awesome measurement. That's that's huge. Yeah. We're both focused on activation right now. Oh yeah. Um, so segue into <laughs> kind of my maker update. I feel like we haven't used that word for, for a few yeah. episodes. Um, my maker update um, is entirely focused on all the, like the basically the sign up flow, the, the activation flow. Um, so last week I mentioned that I added the basically register with GitHub, Bitbucket and GitLab. Um, so you don't no longer need to like type your email and, add a password and stuff like that. Um, there's another thing I've had on my mind for a long time that I thought was going to be horrible to build, <laughs> but actually was pretty easy. Um, and it's basically, you know, connecting a Git repository to your branch account. Um, so far, it's basically been two text fields. So one for the organization, which is like basically your organization name or your username. And then the other part is the name of the repository. Um, but hmm. it is fairly confusing to like know what to type there and people do make mistakes. So I always wanted to have a, basically show you a list of all your repos. Yeah. Um, but I kind of just dreaded it. And with some of these APIs and stuff, it's quite hard to get all the repositories that a specific user has access to. Mm. Um, because some, they're in different organizations. So you end up making a lot of different uh, REST API calls. 
um, which kind of sucks, of course, because you want it to be fast because it's part of the onboarding procedure. Um, but it. then I kind of dived into GitHub's GraphQL API, um, Ooh, yeah. which is something I haven't done before. Um, it's got to be nice. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, it took maybe an hour or two to figure out what was going on in there. But, you know, with a little copy and paste and stuff like that, it actually, it was pretty easy to basically come up with the right query. Um, so basically I can pull out a hundred repos in one query and the, the query is really fast. Um, wow. So basically for me, I think I have 160 repositories in GitHub and for me, it loads in a second, not even, it's really fast. (laughs) Um, yeah. And for those that don't know the, the graph from what I know, so actually I'm just testing my own knowledge here. Yeah. Graph GraphQL, it's really about abstracting what is otherwise a pretty rigid kind of contract between a front end and the back end, like what data is available. Is that right? Yeah, it's basically some sort of like uh, query layer on top of your database almost, or your data mm-hmm. layer. Um, so you allow people to use this like, you know, standardized query language to pull out data. And it it's nice because you can like group data. So you can say, I want... The repositories, but I also nested below the repositories. I also want the organizations. So you don't need to call each repository and then query about the organization in a different call for each of them. Hmm. Um, so you yeah. can basically group all your queries. So that's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I had to read up on it because stuff like rate limiting is different because um, it doesn't really make sense to rate limit based on how many uh, requests you make because they can like it's the requests are very different in terms of how expensive they are right so they actually they give them points or i think they use the word points huh and you have a certain amount of points or credits or something like that every hour and then for each request you make they tell you how many points you use basically and how many you have left yeah so it's it's very different (laughs) um but it is pretty like the stuff i did was super cheap so i'm not even going to worry about it yeah that's really interesting. I, I, I mean, I could geek out on that because I, <laughs> I think like suddenly your brain goes off in terms of like that opens up new ways to monetize and new ways. Yeah, to it's like price, a pricing model. Price value. It is. It it really is. It's a credit system that could be a proxy for pricing. That's yeah. um, That's that's fascinating. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. cool. And then I built like a little uh, kind of like UI widget in Vue.js um, to show all the repositories. Um, I thought I was because I wanted like a type ahead experience where you start typing the name of the repository. So I thought I would have to basically send queries to the GitHub API every time you type a letter. Um, Because in my mind, like pulling out like hundreds of repositories would be too slow. Um, But then I realized how fast it was. So basically now I'm just loading in all the repositories. And then using Vue, it was just super easy to build like a little type ahead thing. So like the experience of signing up right now is like you can you can sign up and create your project (laughs) in maybe like two seconds. (laughs) It's insane. Yeah, man. Because like you're making me jealous. That that's that's great. (laughs) It's just such a I mean that little type ahead pop up thing is such a it's it's kind of a must have these days. It's an expected UI, you know. Uh, component yeah. these days so so like nice, a week man. ago when you signed up it's like type in your username uh 
your or your name, your email, your password twice, and then the next page you you have to give a name to your project, and then two text fields to give the repository info. But now it's like click the GitHub button, start typing the name of the the repository, and then hit enter, and it's like <laughs> that's it. Um, so I also removed the project name because I realized it's just like an extra basically barrier for people to come up with a name and they maybe they don't even know like oh what should i call this and yeah what's a name so i'm just i i realized obviously i could just use the name of the repository because they already thought of something for that um that's great so really cool streamlining a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. um i'm also working on the next uh hosting company integration um, so basically what I'm doing there is I'm trying to basically take all this stuff I built for Pantheon and kind of basically make it general purpose. <laughs> so basically I want to, I'm trying to streamline it. So it's going to be much easier to add new uh, integrations. So I'm basically trying to build this little, it's it's not, it's not a state machine, but it's close if if people are into computer science and know what a state machine is, but basically like a little piece of code that I can configure for each integration. And basically like, these are the steps to connect to this provider. Uh, So like with Pantheon, you need to give it a machine token with other integrations. It will be an API token. And then the next step would be to pick a site, but they're called different things. Some call them sites, some call them installs, and some have like sites and installs. So, you know, it needs to be sort of generalized, but still you, you sh- it would be nice if I could kind of like define it in this sort of like state machine framework thing. And then that can be used in the UI to send you to the next step. Yeah. Finite yeah. automata. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, state yeah um that sounds like i mean that's it sounds like you're back in a pretty good groove uh from a maker oh yeah yeah it feels like it um i feel good about it Um, yeah that was a goal of yours i don't know how long goes now but yeah i remember when you it was after the retreat um yeah i think moving and everything else i think you said you just kind of and then you had the sales conversations and business development you had felt a little bit like you were out of saddle from a maker standpoint. Yeah. And now I have my home office. I have my co-working space. I'm Yay. looking at I'm looking at a third co-working or as like having like a second co-working space. Um because they have a podcasting studio, which would be really cool oh, for like nice. podcasting and speedcasting and stuff like that. Um, Very cool. so I'm actually thinking about having two co-working subscriptions. <laughs> I just splurge a little bit. Um do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice, man. Um, yeah, well, cool. final thing, like manager thing. I send out my uh, investor update for September yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I guess I tweeted out because I have I have a section in the investor update called mood. <laughs> and I have like three <laughs> different. Um, That's my favorite part. Yeah, I have three gif- different emojis. <laughs> yeah. And one of them is like the excited one with like stars in its eyes. Um, yeah, yeah, and it went up twenty percent this this month, so it's up to eighty <laughs> percent. <laughs> I, I love it. That's it's um it's very quantitative. Um, yeah, that, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's good. I, hey, it's a good way to capture capturing mood. Um, yeah, I was doing I was doing um kind of not performance reviews, but as a part of a goal setting 
and, and process at my last company, there was a box on there that was like, how are you feeling? And yeah. just put a number on it. And it doesn't matter if we can measure that with a stick. We just have to, <laughs> we just want to capture that because, um, man, that affects performance too. So it's good, man. Yeah. It's, it'd be fun, like by the end of the year to have like draw like a line of the different moods. That's great. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's definitely a thing. Um, I my, my daughter one time showed me, I had no idea she was doing this, but one day she showed me like a page in a journal or something like that where she had actually taken like a colored pen and used different colored pens to like record just her overall feelings about the day. Wow. And she had like done that for, it was, it was months. Wow. And yeah, it was, <laughs> I was really impressed by the fact that she did it, but also just the, uh, like you said, the takeaway value was really high. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Know thyself. So yeah, that was my week. Good, man. Sounds like a good one. Yep. How about yours? <laughs> Can I start at the end? <laughs> Which so, is now. Uh, yeah. So, so listeners might be hearing keystrokes. I don't know. Like this, I know this mic picks up stuff and I just felt it necessary to say that I am not trying to rudely preoccupy myself while you talk about your week. <laughs> Um, I am literally, uh, I got a Slack message from Rob, uh, a certain number of minutes ago that said, um, is SimSass down? <laughs> Question. <No way>. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, at 1144. So that was 16 minutes ago, sort of in the middle of your update. And, uh, and I, I checked and it was yes. And then it was kind of self-healing in the sense of it, it came back, um, <laughs> Which felt good. And then I brought up the logs and it turned out that it was uh, it was back online and it was a worker timeout, which I guess Heroku caught and kind of terminated it. And then like with a 503 or something and then brought it back. And now it's working again. Um, and I, I have to think that, so it probably wasn't the web worker because like I just don't have that much web traffic, but the the um, forecasting engine and the statistics engine that run to ingest metrics and, and generate the forecast. You know, it's funny. I was on the, I was on a call or a Slack conversation earlier with uh, Brian Elliott of the uh, tiny C cohort. Um, one of the founders of gather. And anyway, he, he sent me a message, which, which freaked me out earlier, which was uh, basically, what was it? I was talking to somebody else and he said something like, uh, do forecasts sometimes take a very long time to run? Question mark. <laughs> In my case, I don't think the email sent is necessary. And like, I just clued in, I, I just keyed in on the first part, which was do forecasts sometimes take a very long time to run? And like my heart jumped or sank or maybe both. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, uh, is it stalled? Is it finished? Whatever. And like, I went down this mental path of, you know, oh no, like he's asking me if they take a long time to run because it's stalled. No, no. It turned out what he actually meant was, no, no, it finished so fast that I did not need the email yeah. th that tells me it finished. Like uh, it, the feedback is so fast. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, okay, wow, that's great news. Like you didn't need the email because it, it was almost synchronous. Like it was a synchronous experience. You didn't need the email that came later that said, oh, it finished. If you were pouring coffee, you know, you can come back now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was different. But then Rob's message, unfortunately, went the other direction, which was, no, I hit it. And like, I got the DNS page saying, hey, we're fine. You know, Cloudflare, Cloudflare is fine. Um, 
everything's fine. I, we, we think it's, we think it's you. And I looked at my Heroku <laughs> logs and sure enough, it's like rebooting normally, everything's coming back online, but I, I still don't know exactly yet what, what caused that. So I'm a little, I'm a little bummed. I see, I see that folks are using it again and it appears normal, but I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know yet what the root cause is. I hate to speculate. Um, but I do know that folks are using it and that makes me feel good. Um, yeah. I got an error earlier because, you know, there was some, some query for an unknown record or something crashed it, but these are good problems to have. Like, this is literally the problems that I <laughs> wanted to have. So what can I say? Like, <laughs> this is the real time, uh, documenting the life of a startup. <laughs> yeah. So then just to finish it behind the scenes here, it's like, uh, First, I blamed Heroku maintenance, and then I said, "Oh no, that wasn't it." I'm like trying to triage this, and then I gave up. And I'm like, "I don't know, man. I, I don't know." And then Rob's like, "Well, do you have Pingdom or monitoring set up yet to notify you?" I'm like, "Nope." He's like, "Well, <laughs> it might be time to add that." I'm like, "Yep." And so then I said, "This is hilarious because I'm recording out of beta right now." <laughs> Rob's response is, "Dude, you kind of have to mention this." <laughs> <laughs> so I said, "Will do." So, um, so I had to start at the end because this is where I am. And how did I get here? <laughs> I got here because I successfully launched the release, like the version of the free product that I felt comfortable with sharing with the world. And Yay. I, have to, I have to say, man, the responses when it works, which has been, you know, nine times out of 10 right now, which is still not a lot of nines, <laughs> but <laughs> when it, which is why it's not still, Hey, come on and get it. Um, the responses have been really positive. Like I've been getting, been getting very happy tweets, emails, and Slack messages from people. Yeah, you've been getting some Twitter love. I've been getting some love, and that's the love that I did not think I was going to get if I had invited in folks, you know, on the previous release. Like it's, it's directional. I focus on the onboarding for two or three weeks. I mean, you had a good experience this morning. I felt like. Um, yeah, because I mean, the difference now is that SimSAS tells you what to do. It's like, okay, great. Yeah. We got your stuff. This is the next thing you should do. And this is how you should go about doing that. And yeah, exactly. It's directional. And um, I didn't do much. It's not very fancy. It's just a bunch of those kind of classic, uh, classic little alert notifications that come up at the top that say, hey, you're not going to hit your goals. You should probably create a growth plan. And then, hey, your growth plans are pretty good. Maybe you should make a better one. And then, you know, ultimately, yeah. But, um, People have been going through that loop of activity and you need a little uh, CFO avatar to like a clippy style. <laughs> well, this is the question I have right now. So, so the maker, the maker in me pushed through, uh, pushed through and released this. And I feel, you know, a little, little self, a little self pat on the back here. It's out. It's live. People are happy with it. I've, I've got to, I'm going to keep learning about things. Um, and, once I don't get these kind of notifications <laughs> uh, once a day or even every other day, I'll take the request access button off the site and it'll just say sign up now. Yeah. Um, and I expect to do that before the end of the month for sure. Uh, the manager in me is working on the premium version now and thinking through, you know, where's the line? I, I know the line is features that people use when they have growing businesses those are the features I'm charging for features that people use when they're just trying to figure out how do I, how do I build a model? How do I, <laughs> how do I build a functional growing business? You know, those are not things I plan to charge for. 
Um, Makes sense. Yeah, but but I'm trying to get now down a level of saying, okay, what really are those, and and how do I how do I get that going? Um, so that's where my head's at from a manager standpoint. Um, but that's those are the two big things. Yeah, I mean the launch looked really good. I got a lot of love. You got a lot of love on Twitter. I did, and I got a lot of new signups on the on both the um, uh, questionnaire to get early access, and uh, I even had a guy. <laughs> I even had someone figure out how to get in. Um, oh, yeah. let, me, let me put it this: <laughs> this is this is quite the little story. So um, I'm not making this super hard to get in. This is not like Fort Knox or something, and I'm not saying it's it's insecure. All I'm saying is like, I just have a little bit of gating to, to be able to send out invites. And early on in this process, I, you know, I was, it was open to the world and now it's not. So I'm not quite sure how he did it, but he basically got to a page that was still publicly hosted, um, where he could force his way in and, uh, and create an account. And, it, you know, he kind of came in through a, through a funny direction, but anyway, it, it did, it did, screw up his account from a data standpoint. (laughs) And so what happened was he sent me a little uh, note through the intercom that said, Hey, um, I didn't, I didn't ask for access, but I really, really wanted this. And now I'm in the awkward situation where I have to ask for support. (laughs) I need support on an account that I'm not supposed to have. (laughs) And I sent back like, Hey, I'm on a call right now, but I'm happy to help you. And so funny. I proceeded to help him over intercom, you know, back and forth over a period of, you know, a little bit of conversation, go away for an hour, a little bit of conversation. He ended up making, you know, half a dozen growth plans, you know, talking to me about how to adjust the levers. Like it was clear to me that he was going to be a happy, engaged user. And the real proof was I got an email the next morning, which was yesterday morning. So he wasn't the CEO, but I got an email from the CEO the next morning saying, Hey, um, you know, let's call him John, you know, John just invited me into the product. I took a look. It's awesome. So thank you so much for, thank you so much for giving this to us. And, you know, we're, we're really excited. So <laughs> that's awesome. man. That uh, feels pretty good. You know, I was like, Hey, you know, when people are literally clamoring, <laughs> what is it forcing their way into your, to your product and then having a successful experience? Hey, who am I to complain? You know, that's, that's great. No, that is great, man. Demand so, validation. You, so, so it stands to reason that if I actually make it easy for people to get in, <laughs> they'll be even happier. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. My goal now is to get to, again, 100 subscribers before May 1st. And I've got one that is my ideal customer profile. My thinking is if I can end up with 500 startups that are using this and i did not mean that to say 500 startups but if i can end up with hundreds of startups using the free tool that i will hit that that i believe i can hit my number and i think the rate at which i'm onboarding them now i'm doing you know i'm onboarding basically five startups this week um manually but if this tool can onboard 10 startups a week 20 startups a week in an automated way that i I think i can hit that number pretty quick awesome we'll see We'll see. Good stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. So do you want to end on a happy note? Can we? Your successful <laughs> launch and your successful break-in <laughs> to the app. Yeah, that, that does feel like a good, that does feel like, that is definitely a happy note and that is a good, <laughs> that's a good place to, 
to end it. And I'm going to go figure out how I can stabilize this thing. <laughs> yeah, man. Try kicking the servers, restart them or something like that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and uh, just making folks happier. Just call Bob down in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Well, no, no, Bob. It's my virtual Heroku Bob. Um, yeah. But they, they seem to do the right thing. Um, yeah, now it's just off. And oh, how about a last plug for Tiny Seed? November 1st. Uh, if folks want to get our help, let us know. I'm let getting more excited know. about the next. I'm getting excited about the freshmen that are coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun at uh, MicroConf to yeah. see, see who's going to show up. Can't wait. And our, our next recording, well, it won't be our next recording, uh, no. but it'll be the one after we'll be in person. The one after we'll be in person in Croatia. MicroConf Live Europe. in Croatia. Can't wait. So, nope. Awesome, All right, man. man. Take care. Have a great one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.